and you're listening to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. The New York Giants are coming off of a bye week, and they're having their very first game since coming off the bye in which they're going to be facing a struggling Chicago Bears team. Now, like we do every single week leading up to a game, we're going to be previewing the matchup by discussing the offensive and defensive game plan for the Giants. So first up, for the offense and what the Giants needs to prepare for um, what they're going to be facing off against, they have a very good defense, they have a very good pass rush, and they have a lot of very, very good playmakers, most notably Khalil Mack. Chris, do you really think that this might be a week where he has his way because of how many struggles and issues we've seen from this Giants offensive line? You know, I would definitely not bet against that. The Giants have done a great job of giving struggling players, struggling units, get healthy weeks. And Khalil Mack has not been having a Khalil Mack season. He only has five and a half sacks on the season. Uh, Four forced fumbles, which is good, but he just is not that game-changing player he was last year or has been the previous few years in Oakland. But I am not going to count him out this week. We don't know what is up with Nate Solder. He is still in the concussion protocol. Practiced. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Mike Remmers is back, but that there didn't seem to be a great difference between Mike Remmers and Nick Gates, and that isn't really um, encouraging. So, yeah, I would definitely be wary of Khalil Mack. Yeah, either way, whoever's going out there and who's starting uh, at either tackle position, wherever they choose to line up Khalil Mack, if they decide to move him around a little bit, whoever he's going to be going against, whether or not it's Nate Solder or Nick Gates, I I would also be a little bit worried of someone of his quality and talent of having a very good day. They need to be smart about double teaming him and adding some additional protection, whether it's uh, with whoever's in the game at running back, whether it's Gallman or Barkley, uh, chipping with a tight end, or just an extra blocker with um, with a guard. Anything along those lines would really be beneficial in in helping impede any huge plays and, and big defensive stops by, by Khalil Mack and the rest of these Bears defensive line. So another thing, that is notable about this defense is that the, it's it's very complete, especially their secondary and how good they've been over the past few seasons. Chris, are there two guys that you really really notice in their secondary that are um, the biggest threats? Yeah, I, actually, I would say all four of their starting secondary players. You know, Giants fans know Prince of Mukamara is good when he is healthy. And since coming to the Bears, he has been healthy and he has been... Uh, Kyle Fuller starts at, at... Yeah, he starts at corner opposite of Prince. He has been the Bears' biggest weapon as far as taking the ball away. I believe he has four or five interceptions on the season. The interesting thing about them is that they are contrasting specialists. Yeah, Prince is at his best playing man coverage, being physical, using his athleticism to stay with receivers, stay in their hip pocket, and disrupting routes and disrupting at the catch point. Fuller, on the other hand, is great in off-man coverage and zone. He's got 
great eyes and great instincts for it. He is able to bait quarterbacks and then close on the ball really quickly and generate plays that way. And then you also have Eddie Jackson and Ha Clinton Dix at safety. They have both been playing well. So all in all, it's a dangerous secondary to go with a dangerous defensive front. That can be a very dangerous thing to have to deal with in a game. And you talked about their corners. Kyle Fuller has been one of the more underrated guys that doesn't really get a ton of run, I feel like, but still very, very talented, a very good corner. And Pritzu Mukamara, who was previously a New York Giant, a little bit more seasoned, a bit more of a veteran, but still smart and knows where he needs to be. Capping things off, though, they have both of their safeties. They brought in HaHa Clinton Dix, who was traded from the Packers to the Redskins and then signed with the Bears in free agency. The both of them make a very, very strong duo at the safety position. So not really any weakness, no real clear spot that you can say, hey, they can attack this or they can attack this guy. Unlike what we had last time the Giants played a game against the Jets, we were able to at least have that conversation. But that's not really the case this week because of how good they are. The last position group, a part of this Giants, sorry, uh, Bears defense rather, is their linebackers. Very fast, very, very athletic. Who stands out to you? I would say obviously Roquan Smith. He was the the Bears' first round pick a year ago. eighth overall pick he's he is starting to come into his own he gets a lot of tackles he has a lot of range he can really fly around the field which complements Danny Trevathan formerly of the Denver Broncos again really well you said it perfectly they have a lot of range a lot of athleticism at that linebacking core I suppose the only positive note there is that Trevathan has been dealing with an elbow injury so he might be limited and maybe he won't play although I wouldn't count on that even without Danny Trevathan the rest of the guys around him are are enough to make up for him not being in there but Roquan Smith came in to the league being talked about of how fast he was, how quick he was able to track the ball. He's your ideal Will linebacker, and he makes plays like an elite Will linebacker. He's continuing to develop and get better. And we've seen a lot of flashes from him. But besides in the interior, besides Khalil Mack, who we already spoke of, Leonard Floyd is another name that, that sounds pretty familiar because the Giants were really interested in drafting him. But ended up taking Eli Apple because the Bears snagged him up before they had the opportunity to. But Leonard Floyd, very athletic. He's still adding some more size to him as he continues to develop. Can be a dangerous pass rusher at times. So going against Mike Remmers or whoever might be in there could have a very good day going against him. Yeah, I think the one thing that's kind of interesting we haven't mentioned is the interior of the Bears' defensive line. And Nose tackle Nick Williams actually leads them in sacks. He has six sacks on the season. They also have Eddie Goldman, who can be a very disruptive defensive lineman. So there is just talent and ability all over this Bears defense. They're not as good as they were a year before, but considering Vic Fangio finally got his shot at being a head coach, 
it's kind of understandable that they would take a little bit of a step backwards without him there. But that also isn't a slight against Chuck Pagano. He is a very good coach in his own right. Yeah, they did take a bit of a step back when Vic Fangio took over with the Denver Broncos. But this defensive line, you were speaking on how it's odd almost that Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd aren't leading the Bears in sacks, and instead it's an interior defensive lineman. But the the truth of the matter is, is at times you notice opposing offensive lines putting a lot of attention on Khalil Mack. Well, even if the Giants choose to do that, there could be a lot of issues with trying to block him because against other teams with premier pass rushers like the Dallas Cowboys with Demarcus Lawrence, they haven't really made a ton of effort in trying to slow those guys down. They've been able to go off and have big performances against them. So to rack up, wrap, wrap up the offensive game plan and what the Giants need to be prepared to do, Chris, what do you think needs to be their game plan? What do you think they need to come into this game thinking this is how we're going to approach this defense? I would say they need to help out their offensive line and help out Daniel Jones just as much as they can. Quick passes, half-field reads, try to scheme players open. Like Try to get Golden Tate and Saquon Barkley and Darius Slayton, get them into space and get them open quickly because the Giants do not want Daniel Jones holding the ball against this defense. Yet the Bears have the talent to get to him, and the players they have are good at taking the ball away, which has been just the Achilles heel of the Giants offense through the first 10 games. Yeah, you highlighted a key thing here is that this defense on paper is really, really good. They might not be winning football games right now as many as they should be because of how good this defense is, but talent-wise, they're good enough to dominate any opponent, especially if they have the amount of weaknesses along the offensive line as the Giants do. So the very important thing is finding ways to get the ball out quicker, whether that's screen passes, whether that's drag routes. But last week against the Los Angeles Rams and Todd Gurley, he had a very good performance against them. So trying to get the ball in the hands of your running backs, not just Saquon Barkley, you also have Wayne Gallman. Try to split those carries, get those opportunities rolling. Over 15 carries and over 15 rushing attempts in general needs to be the goal because the only real sign of weakness we've seen at times from the Bears is in the running game and against these dynamic running backs. And then the last thing, though, is just kind of keeping things simple. Don't allow Daniel Jones to overthink things. If you allow him to sit back and think way too much against this good of a defense, like we continually say, then he's going to make those mistakes we've seen him make, throw the ball into tight coverage, uh, try to chuck the ball away when he's being pressured and it gets picked off, or have the ball knocked out of his hands when he's being sacked. Yeah, and that is the one thing I do worry about with the Bears secondary, is they do know how to use the contrasting styles of Prince and Fuller. So they can play man coverage on one side, and they can play zone coverage on the other, and that makes it more difficult for passers to really figure out what the coverage is and that's for experienced veteran guys it's going to be difficult for a rookie to really diagnose what the coverage is at the line of scrimmage so hopefully the Giants can call the right concept beaters at the right time and make those quick reads easy for Jones 
they're really going to need to be clean on offense if they want to have a productive day, which they've done in the previous two games that they played in. Up next, we're going to discuss the defensive game plan and preparing for the Chicago Bears offense. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. One of the major storylines in the NFL this year is how horrendous the Chicago Bears offense has been mainly because of quarterback Mitchell Trubisky who has underperformed and taken a step back in his progression. That being said though the Giants have had a tendency of allowing opposing teams to get back on track get their feet underneath them and have good weeks and then build off of them. The Jets just did it The Detroit Lions were able to do it, and then also the Minnesota Vikings are all three teams that really come to mind in being able to figure themselves out. What do you think is holding down this offense, though, Chris, for the Chicago Bears? I would say a combination of their offensive line being beat up. Kyle Long went out early in the season. They do have a pretty good pass block win rate, but missing those guys, having, especially missing Kyle Long, having... Other guys, you know, kind of playing through injuries that has affected them. And also Mitchell Trubisky, just he is not playing up to his draft pedigree. He has taken a step backwards. He was not exactly benched at the end of the game against the Rams. Head coach Matt Nagy says that Trubisky has been dealing with a hit pointer and they just had to pull the plug on him and put Chase Daniel in. But I'm also not exactly sure how big of a difference there is this year between Chase Channel and Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, the hit pointer is a valid reason for potentially hindering his performance, specifically this past Sunday. There's a chance that he might not even play against the Giants this upcoming Sunday. But regardless of who's in there, there's not really a, a positive or a negative. One is not really better than the other. And the thing that I really noticed from Trubisky is that he holds the ball way too long, a lot longer than you would hope for for a quarterback that is young and developing and that has actually some decent weapons around him. He also, for some reason, does not find the best possible option to get the ball out to. He loves forcing it into these really tight, non-open windows to receivers that are very clearly covered, and then they have to essentially play a jump ball. They have to find a way to make a play on a, a a defensive back that has a hand on it, and most of the times receivers are not going to come down with that ball. So his decision-making has really held them back. We're going to have to end up seeing who actually starts for them, but if it's Mitchell Trubisky, it might not be that difficult to slow him down. Now, besides Trubisky, though, this team has a very talented running back tandem of Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. Chris, what do you think they need to be aware of? On one hand, you have to be ready for Cohen's speed. He is kind of like Tyreek Hill in that he is just a guy who seems to play the game in fast forward. He can be a dangerous receiver. He can also exploit gaps near the line of scrimmage and run the ball well. So the Giants have to worry about his speed. They have to be disciplined and not give him the room to really unleash it. But then on the other hand, you have David Montgomery, the rookie, who, if people remember back to our draft coverage, I really loved him coming out. He is not an elite athlete. He is not a special athlete like Todd Gurley or Saquon Barkley, but he is a very powerful runner and he has just phenomenal 
contact balance. He is very difficult to get to the ground, and the Giants are going to have to wrap wrap him up and just execute good, solid form tackles. Otherwise, he's going to run right through them. Neither Cohen or Montgomery are really these big, hulking running backs that you see on some teams like a Derrick Henry. They're both relatively undersized. Tariq Cohen is very undersized. He's five foot six, and then David Montgomery is listed at five foot ten, two sixteen. So they like to have these smaller, smaller, shiftier um, playmakers that are great in space. The one thing that I noticed in watching some of the tape is that they they really like using both of them as threats out of the backfield. They don't really have a, an overly organized run game, but the way that they get their running backs involved is throwing those flares, throwing those wheel routes, trying to get them the ball in a situation where they're not anywhere near a defender and hoping they can make a couple guys miss as they move forward um, and pick up some extra yards. They have a tendency to do that also in third and short as a quick dump off if things aren't really available. And, and Trubisky actually has been done pretty well at finding those guys in those situations. So that's what you can really expect from them. Expect a lot of passes thrown either of their, their way. That is the Andy Reid pedigree. Matt Nagy was Andy Reid's offensive coordinator at Kansas City. And Andy Reid does a lot of things well when designing an offense. But using running backs as weapons in the passing game might be the best thing he does. You know, Giants fans can think back to you know, the Eagles and Brian Westbrook or a little bit later on, LaShawn McCoy, and just seeing all of the ways Andy Reid is able to get the ball to running back in space. And he continues that in Kansas City, and Matt Nagy learned how to do that from Reid. So that is something the Giants are definitely going to have to pay attention to on defense. All that being said, Chris, what do you think needs to be the defensive game plan? What do you think that they need to be prepared for when approaching this this up-and-down, inconsistent offense so that they don't have their get-healthy week and get their feet back underneath them? Well, I think it starts kind of with if you're, if you're tackling the Giants' offense. starts up front, limiting the running backs, not giving them those easy yards and the easy receptions out of the backfield and not giving Tariq Cohen the ability to find a crease, find some open grass, and turn on the Jets and get a big play. And then I would also say watch out for Taylor Gabriel because he is another very, very fast player. And speed is not the giant strength in the secondary. So again, I would just say be disciplined on the front and disciplined in the back end. And then Eventually, over the course of the game, you should have the opportunity to apply pressure to uh, whoever the quarterback is. Yeah, the key thing here is whoever is their quarterback, because we don't know for sure who is going to be starting. But I think both Chase Daniel and Mitchell Trubisky, neither one of them has been consistent in whatever time that they've had to step in. And they're both very clearly the biggest weakness of this offense because of the issues that they have, specifically Trubisky and his decision-making and his willingness to hold the ball way too long to roll out in bad situations and force the ball in tight windows. I, I think that for that reason, they just need to find ways to make so many issues for them, so many problems, make things hell for them, make things overly complicated by sending blitzes, showing blitz and pulling back out, make Trubisky or Chase Daniel overthink things at the line of scrimmage and also maybe confuse their offensive line as well. If you can get some pressure on him without even 
directly pressuring him, that's how you can potentially beat him because he's not the smartest. He's not the most decisive quarterback. Things like that will go a long way in this game. Trubisky has not turned the ball over a ton. Yet the Bears only have yet the Bears only have ten total giveaways this season. Yeah, they only have six interceptions thrown and four four fumbles lost. So the Giants might not be able to take advantage of them like that, but they can force mistakes and yeah, get off the field on third down, maybe get some sacks and give their offense a chance to win the game in hopefully a low-scoring game. Hopefully this this game does come down to a low-scoring outcome and an opportunity for the Giants to pick up their third win. But that's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to us, wherever you can find a podcast. Also, be sure to follow us on social media, at Big Blue View, also at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. Finally, follow Chris at, at Raptor MKII. Have a wonderful rest of your day.